0: Are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a November 29th Wednesday edition, draft Wednesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host. Eric Garcia Gunderson here on Locked On Blazers. I'm a writer at a lot of places these days, LeBronWire.com, other places, and, of course, your host here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And there's some news here in Blazer land as they get prepared to face off against the Milwaukee Bucks, who beat them in their third game of the season earlier this year in Milwaukee on the Blazers' first road trip of the year. And they'll get another chance to face the very talented but still kind of struggling, a little little bit teetering Milwaukee Bucks team. They had a nice blowout victory last night in Sacramento, pretty dominant Sacramento has to be said also was probably a little bit depleted they were probably a little bit on a come down after beating the Golden State Warriors the night before on a back-to-back and the Bucks just wiped the floor with them uh after the a night after they beat the the Warriors so uh and the Warriors didn't have Steph Curry and they didn't have Kevin Durant so but hey, you know now now you can. The Blazers are in the same company as the Warriors, as teams that have lost to the Sacramento Kings this year, and they lost at home. Uh, so, uh, but they're facing the Milwaukee Bucks on when on Thursday, excuse me, at the Moda Center should be a really fun game, and it's going to be an even better matchup than I think we anticipated with the return of Al Farouk Aminu. He will be back on the floor on Thursday against the Bucks. That came from Mike Richmond of the Oregonian. Aminu has been out for a few weeks now. He has been the best plus-minus on the team uh, by far of any guy that's on the Blazers, and yet they've still managed to win games, managed to finish their road trip four and one. And now they get Aminu back, which is a a big boost for them. Aminu is not not the, the best offensive player, but his defense not only will help Portland on the defensive end, it also, I think, carries some extra benefit outside of just what he personally does. I think it allows the rest of the team to kind of be in their positions. It allows the rest of the team to be comfortable where they are and and his the his ability to do his job on the defensive end and kind of cover up for mistakes or whether whether it's not cover up for mistakes, but it can also be just elevate the play of the rest of the team on the defensive end and also, you know, maybe give the rest of the team more energy on the offensive end with the stuff that he can do defensively, that's really big. And they're gonna get that back on Thursday so uh, I'm sure they're very very excited about that Terry Stotts talked about that today and how happy he's back he is to have Aminu back and he's also happy with the Blazers defense of course but to have Aminu back now on a team that has already been playing pretty solid defense for the first 21 games of the season is a really good sign for where this team can go and they have it played their best basketball of the season yet i that is one of the most exciting things about this blazers team so far is that they have a good record they have a good defense and yet they still have not played up to their best and i think that is the most exciting thing about this blazers team when you're looking ahead here at this homestand they're going to be on the road a lot in december but the the signs that they've been showing show you a team that's getting the job done, but also kind of you know give you a little bit of hope that there's a little bit more there, that they can be better than, say, a Minnesota, who have had their struggles as of late, or better than Denver, who had a, a rough loss last night on the road in Utah. New Orleans is a team that has surprised some people, but... Yeah, and, and we'll see how, how, how that improves. And Minnesota and, and New Orleans play each other right now, actually. They, that game just tipped off. But the way that they've played and the fact that they haven't had Aminu gives you hope that this team can maybe be something more than what it is right now. And maybe they can get that fourth seed. Maybe they can get home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs, which would be incredible considering where the West looked and where how, how good it looked. But one of the things that's happened here over these first 20 games is that maybe we're realizing that the West isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. Denver, maybe not as good as we thought. The defensive improvement, maybe not there. Minnesota, so young. We think that Tom Thibodeau is just going to instantly turn around the defense and that they're going to mature and that Jimmy Butler is going to be a, a, a big turnaround piece for them. You know that's not really happening. They haven't played the defense that they have been expected to play. Carl Anthony Towns has really not uh hasn't really quite grown as a defensive player that they need him to be and Andrew Wiggins still has a lot to be desired there and 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 the addition of Jeff Teague doesn't look to be as as impactful as they probably would have hoped. And so now you have a situation where you looked at the West and you saw basically every team reloading and and, and getting better. Uh, Houston, they're gonna be in the top three, I think, as long as as long as Chris Paul and and Harden stay healthy, even if it's just Harden, frankly, they could probably win a lot of games they may not be as formidable in the playoffs if, if Harden would have to work as hard as he did last year when we saw him run out of gas in the postseason and I think Paul will help them and I think I think the Rockets are going to be pretty close to untouchable in terms of the top three Kawhi Leonard getting closer to a return the Spurs are saying and that is going to kick them into overdrive and they've already been winning a lot of games and Have been doing well and doing what they do every single season, and then of course there's the Warriors who you may not win as many games as they had in years past, but they're also kind of trying to manage the long game there by trying to figure out find ways to get rest for Curry, get rest for Durant, Iguodala, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, guys that play a ton of minutes for them that have been on these finals teams now, that have gone to the finals three years in a row, and, uh, you know, are a favorite to go for a fourth. So you have three teams there, really, that are just, you're not going to catch them. As, as 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 encouraged as I am by the Blazers' play, I can't see them getting in to the top three. I can't see them go getting past San Antonio, Houston, Golden State. But... Everybody else in the West, Oklahoma City, a team that I thought was going to be in the top four, cannot, cannot figure out how to finish a game. They, just, they, they, have, they have just have incredible ineptitude at finishing teams off. They have a great net rating. They have great advanced statistics. But when it comes down to the end of games, they've really had a lot of trouble. Whether it's finding the odd hand... Or or just making the right shot at the right time, whatever, they they haven't gotten it done. The, the, the Westbrook George Mello thing hasn't really worked itself out. They're they're outside of the playoff picture as it stands. And so you have a lot of teams that are failing to meet expectations, whereas you have the Blazers, who I would have to say, at this point in the season, have exceeded expectations. No one really thought that they did anything because they didn't do anything in the offseason. They traded Alan Crabb for cap space. Their their best, Basically, their biggest addition to the rotation has been Pat Connaughton, who, in the summer, did not look like a guy that... You know, looked like a guy that could get cut before the season started. And now he's starting. Now he's knocking down 40% of his threes. He's playing pretty decent defense, coming up with clutch rebounds. Patty Fastball is out there getting minutes and, and, and playing well. Damon CJ. It always comes back to the stars. And those two guys have played the best defense of their careers and and Dame especially and and Dame is a guy that everyone has been hard on I've been hard on him the defense is the one thing I always thought CJ was a little bit better defensively than he was I thought CJ's defensive anticipation was a little bit better I don't know if it I, I it's probably the diet probably a little bit of a mental you know shift in not scoring as many points and not, and not having, you know, not worrying so much probably internally about trying to get the best numbers he can. And he's flipped that switch. Dame really has. And I think, I don't think he's played better basketball as a pro. He's had better statistical seasons, but I don't think he's, he's had the kind of two way, success the the he's and, and and he's carried the blazers for the last 2 years. but He's carrying them in a different way. And you know, the longer this goes, I know right now LeBron James's numbers are insane. I think he's going to be uh you know, if Cleveland can finish first or you know, if they can eventually catch Boston at some point, I think he's going to be a tough guy to beat for the MVP. James Harden who has been snubbed 2 times now, but you know the the better the blazers play here and i know that dame and, and i know that we talked about it at the start of the season last year when portland got off to a good start was hey you know dame's scoring a lot of points mvp candidate but now after 21 games i'm i'm looking at the rest of the nba looking at all the teams that in the west are failing to meet expectations or even in the east like, say, Washington and, and John Wall is hurt, and even Cleveland, who are now have won nine games straight. And then there's Kyrie Irving, who's leading the Celtics. You know, that's that's another MVP candidate. But to me, Dame has to be in, you know, he he's in top five consideration. I think Steph Curry is obviously going to get that consideration. I think Kevin Durant will get that consideration. But Lillard could be, in a lot of ways, similar to what Isaiah Thomas was last year a sneaky MVP candidate for me right now because, and and it's more than Isaiah Thomas. He's not just, it's not just fourth quarter numbers. It's not just 30 points a game. It's not all these little things. You know, it's not just the narrative things that Dame has always dominated at. Dame has always been good at commanding the narrative. He's the clutch guy. He steps up in the big moments. He's always had that. But the basketball on both ends is where he's, obviously been working to get to and he's here now the way dame has played has been the type of stuff that you that is what you gets you into the mvp conversation can he win the mvp i don't know he's it's not going to happen this year but this is the type of stuff he needs to do to really get in the mvp conversation and i think it's going to be almost impossible if the blazers continue to play like this especially on the defensive end that dame's not going to make the all-star team this year Dame has had a beef with the All-Star, and, and, and rightfully so, especially two seasons ago when he had the Blazers playing better than anybody could have thought. He was having the best season statistically of his career. But with the way the Blazers are playing, and if they can maintain this pace and stay in that middle of the pack of the West, it's going to be really hard to keep Dame out of the All-Star game. And I think it also gives CJ a chance to be in the All-Star game. Uh, which would be, you know, the first time since the 2015 All Star Weekend, I believe it was, when uh, Dame and LaMarcus were both All Stars, and that happened. Uh, I think I think Dame got in as a replacement at that point, but you know that was something that the Blazers had never really had hadn't had in a long time, and they might have that happen again. And I think it's all credit to winning games. The defense and they they made that switch they they flipped that switch and as i mentioned at the top of the show it is draft wednesday here on the locked on podcast network and that means that you get a chance to draft and play for money on the draft app did you know that winning on draft your chances are 80 percent better than on salary cap sites And that's why it's my favorite fantasy site. No more getting crushed by the pros, no more multiple entry stuff. You're in the league, you draft, and you have a million other people that have already downloaded Draft and are playing fantasy sports this way. You can do a real live NBA draft right now, be done in under five minutes, and then get paid the next day. Drafts are filling every second, so you can join one whenever you want. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code LONBA. That's right, play in a real money draft for free on Draft just by using promo code LONBA. Draft is so sure that you will love their app and their game experience that they're even offering locked on Blazers and locked on NBA listeners a money back guarantee of up to $100. So just search for Draft in your app store, go to draft.com. Come play for free with me right now. Enter promo code LONBA on Draft today. So Alfa back. The Blazers at home. December around the corner. A tough month for the Trail Blazers. Lots of road games. But. This team is, is in a really good spot, and I I don't want it to get lost. And one of the things that I've been talking about a lot with regards to the Cavaliers for my work over at LeBron Wire is that it is... The, 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 the OKC situation is really interesting because Oklahoma City is not a team that lets... Assets go for nothing. Other than Kevin Durant, they have managed to get a return on all of their assets in some form or fashion. You know, Serge Maka, They they didn't think that that was going to help bring back KD. They flipped him for Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. They end up flipping that for Paul George, and and that's how they operate. So the longer this goes, we could get we could see a situation where. In in February, if, if things are still going the way they are, where Oklahoma City has to look at themselves in the mirror and say, well, who are we? What are we going to do for the future? And how do we set up our team around Russell Westbrook for the future? Because Westbrook has signed an extension, five-year deal, tons of money. He's not going anywhere. They're going to still try and compete. But if the Paul George thing isn't working out, if they can't if, – if, if what they tried to do doesn't work this season – they could be forced into a move to, to trade Paul George and get something back for him. And, and one of the things that we've talked about, uh, a lot of people online have talked about in the Cavs space is maybe you know you trade Kevin Love or they trade the Brooklyn pick or, or something like that to Oklahoma City for George to kind of load up against the Warriors. And that would be really interesting for the future of the Western Conference, especially if Love were to end up in Oklahoma City with Westbrook. But, you know, that that's the type of stuff that can affect the Blazers right now. And then another thing that happened since the last time we podcasted is that Blake Griffin is going to be out for at least two months to recover from a strained knee. Uh, he has a sprained MCL is what uh, the Woj report was. So that's another team that in Portland's vicinity, like the Grizzlies, like the Nuggets like the Jazz, who who have Rudy Gobert out now for a while, all these teams are, are, are dropping due to injuries, and then you have Oklahoma City who's dropping to, to self-inflicted wounds, really, to, to their unforced errors. And right now, the thing that the Blazers have done better than all of those teams is they just haven't made the biggest unforced errors. You know, they had some tough losses – if Brooklyn plays hard. That was a tough loss. And and I think the Kings do too. You know That was a tough loss. Those are probably the two worst ones of the year. But other than that, they've really taken advantage of... They've beaten the teams that they need to beat, that they should beat. And they have been winning on the road and playing good defense. And I think it's going to get better. I, I really do. And I think Aminu coming back will help solidify everyone's roles even more and speaking of roles one guy whose role has has changed drastically has been maurice harkless and in years past especially in orlando that caused harkless to kind of check out of his situation he he, that was one of the things that uh i had heard from people in orlando is that you know he he was a really you know really talented guy but he he kind of just he kind of resigned himself to the situation once he was out of the rotation, and and you know it didn't really make him want to fight for things. And there was also a lot of other stuff in Orlando that was broken. But one of the things that I like about this season so far is that Harkless has lost his role in the starting lineup to Pat Connaughton. But one of the things that's been happening, and Jason Quick wrote a nice story about this for Comcast, or for NBC Sports what Northwest, whatever the hell they call it now, about Harkless encouraging and and Harkless kind of being behind him and being a supportive teammate and not checking out and not resigning himself to the situation. Now, it can definitely help that Harkless... Finally, got his big contract that 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 Harkless has a uh, three years left on a four year deal worth forty something million dollars. So that that definitely helps. He's not a young player on his rookie deal, wondering if he's going to get to stay in the NBA long term. So that probably helps the confidence and 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 the notion that you know it's not all bad. And I think that's one of the great things that you know I think. Credit to Damian Lillard for I think instilling that in the culture, and and even a couple of years ago when Harkless, you know, was kind of out of it, and 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 Dame kind of said, "Hey, we need you. We we need you to stay locked in. We need you to do that." And I think you're seeing that a couple of years here for Mo has kind of has changed him a little bit I think and that and and maybe it's not all Dame it, it's obviously got to be personal as well you know you don't just get there with a person telling you what to do you have to make that change on your own and I think Mo has done that and I think while the Blazers have had some changes and I think some people can you know I think there's a lot of folks wondering is Mo in the doghouse? Was Stotts mad? Even I thought that initially. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter why Harkless got benched. And I think what really has been impressive to me about this whole situation with Harkless and Connaughton and the switch that happened there is that Harkless hasn't checked out. Harkless has still been engaged. And I think he should get commended for that because that was something he struggled with earlier in his career and and I don't think this is this is it for mo I, you know Harkless is is one of the best defenders I think when he plays with a menu that gives Portland a different dimension and they both play off each other really well so that's not to say that that Harkless is going to be relegated to this role playing 15 20 minutes a night not starting anymore Connaughton has earned that spot. But it's nice to see that Harkless is not losing confidence, that he's still being a part of the team, that he's supporting Connaughton now that Connaughton is in this new role. And I think Harkless, he's gonna have more of these moments. He's gonna have important moments throughout the season. That is the flow of the 82 games. And it's good to see the way that he's embraced this point in the season right now. And I think, you know, this could have had this could have created some tension. It could have created. Uh, a situation that would be hard for everyone to work with. Connaughton would feel bad. Harkless would be sulking. You know, you you can see the way that that could play out in a per, on a personal level that it wouldn't work out the way that it has. But and especially too in the games that they were playing in New York City in Moe's hometown, you could see where that could be that could create a lot of friction and. The, right now, it hasn't, and I think that that's a testament to the growth of Harkless, and I think a testament to the culture of this Blazers team, where you have a lot of guys where, in other places like Nurkic, you know, where, or or Harkless, where when things didn't go their way at their first stop, they kind of resigned themselves, and they're not right now. So the Blazers continue to grow. We will be back with you after Thursday's game against the Bucks. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts spotify google play wherever you can get a podcast we are there subscribe tell your friends and we'll be back again after the blazers play the bucks but uh your young blazers are growing up until next time